Hello and welcome to our Wild Hearts with me, Lucy Slater. Join me week by week as we explore the transformative power of daily spiritual practice and mental well-being. Together we'll uncover the practical benefits and potential of different practices, empowering us to embark on a more vibrant, fulfilling and meaningful life. Welcome to our Wild Hearts, let's dive in and discover our true selves. Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Wild Hearts with Lucy. This week we've got uh, another wonderful guest on the podcast. We're going to be meeting Sam, who's going to be telling us all about the really lovely different spiritual practices that she has, that she's explored, and hopefully we'll have something to share with us that we can all take away and perhaps try for ourselves. So before I hand over to Sam, let's just give her a little introduction so you know what you can look forward to in this week's episode. So Sam lives in Yorkshire, which she's very proud of, you'll be able to tell from the accent, and she's got three fabulous cats, a crazy cat lady like myself. She works with plant medicines and loves to forage and also paint sacred geometry, which I'm really excited to hear a little bit more about. Sam's really interested in working with the wonderful medicines that we all have available to us from Mother Earth and helping people connect to those wonderful gifts. There's a plant for every complaint and ailment. We just need to find them, as Sam says. Um, often not too far from our front door. That would be a good topic to explore. So Sam's currently in the process of setting up her own herbal tea and plant medicine business and is looking forward to sharing the gifts that we're so blessed with here in the UK with tea blends, tinctures and hopefully some body products. As I said, Sam also paints sacred geometry and does custom paintings for people using their birth charts mindkin and human design and I'm really excited to talk a little bit about human design because that's something I'm super interested in and it's also lovely to see that you do basic readings for people interested in finding about their human design so um Sam welcome to the podcast thank you so much for being here for having me so Sam tell us a little bit about what you think is essential for us to have a spiritual practice and you know what that is about prioritizing your mental well-being and engaging in a daily spiritual practice what's your thinking on that so for me I'm just thinking about myself before I had practices it's easy to get pushed around by other people's opinions and all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world and I think just having your own practice so you can really figure out who you are it's like setting aside some time to get to know yourself start your day from there instead of being pushed around by everything else that's going on in the world it's so busy and fast for me having a practice I start my day off with myself like getting to know myself and starting a fresh place every day rather than being thrown into a day almost I feel like without a practice you're going in completely unarmed and (laughs) everything that's going on all the fast stuff jobs people responsibilities and I think for me, it's about just taking that time to centre yourself first. I'm talking about a morning practice for me, I find quite important. What does your regular morning practice look like? What do you do on a regular basis to kind of ground yourself and get yourself ready for the day? For the past, well, it's over a year now. I think it's like 13, 14 months I've done Qigong every morning. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
I've got a friend who is a Qigong teacher and um, last year he started his own practice in the local park. So I live in Huddersfield and it's Greenhead Park. It's a beautiful park. And he just started just sharing his practice and it ended up being three of us. We did it all through winter, every single day without fail, if it was raining, snowing, anything. So we start at seven o'clock in the morning, we get to the park and then we do a practice for an hour finish about eight o'clock and then I've already done an hour's worth of exercise, an hour's worth of socialising and then I come home and start my day in the winter and things like that. We get to watch the sunrise and that's been so important for me, having that routine, that practice and I think having the physicalness of it, the physical practice of actually you're taking control of your body basically. Qigong, it's like a Tai Chi, so it's like Chinese yoga, basically. So there's a lot of slow, deliberate movements and breathing on top, but you're doing a lot of energy work. It's a Taoist practice, so it's very beautiful, very linked to nature. We work through different organs in the body. So summer now, we're working with the heart, so we do a lot of heart practice, and it's actually been quite life-changing for me doing that physical practice on a morning yeah I think what's really interesting about doing this podcast is that um you kind of have this set idea of what a spiritual practice is so it must be meditation or journaling and then everybody that I speak to brings their own flavor their own one person I spoke to they like to work with moon cycles to clean their home and they find that that's really helpful and that that's something that they follow. And Qigong is something that um, I've heard of, but I, I wasn't really familiar with. And really, it's really exciting hearing you talking about it, actually, um, and combining so many different things. Because I think a lot of people are very familiar with yoga um, and how, you know, that can be really helpful, etc. But Qigong's um, a slightly lesser known one, I would have said. Yeah. I mean, Max is probably the only teacher I've come across oh no I do know one lady in Todmorden actually who does a similar thing she does a qigong session at the bandstand in Todmorden Park so it's very similar to what we're doing but and like you're saying about everyone knows yoga you know when you get into the spiritual realm so to speak everybody's a yoga teacher there's a, there's many many yoga teachers I know I've got friends that are yoga teachers and I do have a yoga practice as well I find that very helpful maybe halfway through the day or in an evening uh, I, I can do half an hour yoga as well but my main consistent practice is the qigong and uh, we do very gentle movements and very gentle exercises but it's we do it repetitively so we it's a lot of stamina and um, a lot of strength that you don't realize you're doing really until like all of a sudden you're like oh I've got really muscly shoulders all of a sudden or something like that mm. that's been a big part of my practice yeah that's exactly what I was about to say to you it's quite interesting that the type of practices that you're incorporating are ones that involve you moving and being part of the practice as opposed to sitting when you're meditating unless you're doing a walking meditation that's you know a very you're very you know you're not moving at all and it's about being very present with your mind but you're using your body to connect with your mind 
which is quite interesting. I think that's why for me it's important because it's like teaching yourself to trust yourself almost like your body might want to just stay in bed your body might not want to go and do this but you have the strength to choose and override that and once you do enough times you get so strong you get so resilient and you've got your own back and I think that's so important in this day and age I think that's how we heal ourselves is to come back round to ourselves and and take responsibility basically so I just started learning about what was around me like plants that were around me and, and the medicinal properties and and I just kind of got into foraging that way and then medicinal mushrooms like lightning and turkey tails and I mean they grow everywhere <laughs> you can walk anywhere in these beautiful things and all these beautiful things growing like now is an awesome time for foraging we've got blackberries we've got plums we've got apple trees uh hazelnuts I don't think people realize just how close all these things are the medicine we should be connecting with or could be connecting with that's local that's made from the same stuff that we are you know the same air the same water and earth and soil and um I think there's huge health benefits in 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 doing that. Yeah, I think that trust has really been lost in so many ways, whether it's with nature, local nature, the relationship that we have with nature, the trust that we have with ourselves, with knowing ourselves and diagnosing ourselves. You know, we've been we've been told from a very young age you go to a doctor and then the doctor will fix it and um I guess I mean I kind of sit in the middle there are certain things that absolutely I would look to the medical system for but equally I'm really interested in learning more about our where our ancestry like where we're from and connecting with nature and also I think it's really lovely to hear you talking about and that's why it was really interesting in your intro about the fact that it's UK based plant medicines and it's UK based foraging um, and on the trust thing as well, I think, we're, you know, as little kids, you're told, God, don't pick that. You don't know what that is. And I guess we've got it so drunk into us that anything from nature is going to kill us, right? You don't know what it is, don't eat it because it will probably kill you. And we've totally lost that connection with the, the, the natural world around us. And there's so much solace and beauty in that connection that we're missing out on you know, my ambition with a podcast like this is that we start shining a light on some of this. And it isn't the crazy woo-woo people over there, that this is actually accessible to everybody. And foraging is accessible to everybody. Um, but it's having that confidence, isn't it, about knowing what's safe and what's not safe. And is that a plum or is that just something that looks like a plum, but it's not from a supermarket, so I probably shouldn't eat it. Yeah, I mean, that's the main thing, like you were saying about trust. And I think, for me and having and living like this so before my awakening if someone would have told me what I'm saying now I would have been like yeah okay and I think we've lost that trust in ourselves so we don't trust ourselves we don't trust nature we don't and that is intuition it's huge I mean we're so detached from our intuition but that's that's everything that's how you how you guided what feels right you know what feels good 
you you know before I got into foraging I'd when I first started like thinking about it I'd see things that I'd never seen before plants I've never seen before and think I just had this feeling like I want to eat that oh interesting I didn't and then I'd take the thing home I'd study I'd get three different uh, verifications which I think is a good rule of thumb if you're foraging for something get three different verifications of three different things so you 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 know you tr- you start to build this trust in yourself and you'll you'll then you'll find you just know just know that what's what's edible and what's not I will say as well just for people who are interested uh, mushrooms are a scary one but they're also the most beautiful healers so like turkey tails lion's mane we've got so many beautiful mushrooms that grow in this country there's not one mushroom in the uk that's poisonous enough for you to get poisoned by touching it there's not one so you can be quite confident in identifying mushrooms if you wanted to pick one take it home and identify it you can do that even if it's a poisonous mushroom as long as you don't ingest it there's not one in the uk that's that poisonous that you can't touch it so that's a good thing to know that helped me when I was like trying to start learning about mushrooms but there's a lot of things that you can like dandelions we can all identify those we can all identify nettles uh, we can all identify lavender and wild garlic they're things that you can't really get wrong there's nothing else like a nettle but it's so medicinal it can eat every single part of the plant and it's good for men and women's hormones balancing it's diuretic it's it's all sorts of stuff and that's like you've probably got some kind of garden you know it doesn't have to be all these weird and wonderful things it's literally just getting to know the plants that are here the weeds we we call them weeds but actually they all have quite strong medicinal properties that we're not utilizing. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't even know what blackberries are and things like that. I'm in foraging groups and they're asking for IDs on things like that. And it's, you know, I just want to bring it back round really and, and help people understand it again and get back in touch with nature and teach their kids and things because it worries me that people don't know what blackberries are. So you've mentioned a couple of really helpful things that I think, you know, for people that might be listening to this and have been tempted or are intrigued by foraging, you'd said about looking for the three verified sources, but you also just mentioned about Facebook groups. So if I wanted to really get into foraging or explore it a little bit more, what would your advice be? Uh, if you are on Facebook, then there's loads. There's there's literally hundreds of UK foraging groups, and you can just post if you wanted to use that as a way of ver- verifying something. Uh, you can do that as well. You can send a picture in, and people will tell you what it is. People have got good recipes for things, you know. So I'm always learning new recipes for things or ways to extract things on those groups um there's people all over the world but there's some great uk foraging groups if you just type in uk foraging or your local area you'll find loads of really helpful facebook groups and and the people that are interested in foraging are really interested in helping people get into foraging as well so they're really happy to give you information 
Instagram as well, following actual people who are going out foraging, just watching. The most useful thing is not taking your phone when you go out. And I know that sounds counterintuitive. You don't want to be looking at your phone constantly because you'll forget the plant. And I know that sounds crazy. There's so many plants out there. Mm-hmm. It's better to focus on a few, pick it, notice where it grows, notice all about it, take some home, have a look at it, get your verifications done, and then process it. Start learning about nettles. There's male and female, there's seeds and flowers, there's all sorts of different bits. Pick some, take it home, then get your phone and have a look. Once you've already got it and you've picked it and you know what it is in your mind, because if you just go out with your phone up, what's that and what's that and what's that? And you're looking at everything, you forget the first one. Okay, that's a really good tip. I like that. I like that. Um, and you mentioned nettles. So at this time of year, so we're sort of August nearly into September. If somebody wanted to go out like this week or next week, what could they be going to look for um, or, you know, or be foraging? And what could they do with it? What would be something that they could do for themselves? Nettles is an easy one at the minute because they're really easy to identify. So take some gardening gloves, scissors and a bag. Yeah, nettles at the minute is one really good one. You've got male and female. So you've got the male has the flowers and then you've got the female that has the the seeds and they hang down like that. And you can use the leaves, you can dry them out, you can use them in a tea, you can make a soup. They're very delicious, actually, nettle leaves. Once you've, You need to uh, boil them a bit in water to take the sting out. Uh, nettle seeds, excellent for male and female hormones. It helps men grow hair. It helps women re-jig their hormones. I mean, that's incredible for one plant that helps the male and female humans so differently from one plant taking the nettle seeds off drying them out and sieving them take a sieve and push them through a sieve you'll get the beautiful seeds just jar them up and keep them and you can just sprinkle them on your porridge or put them in a smoothie um anything you want really spoonful a day i mean that's just nettles but there's i just came across a whole row of plum trees yesterday just walking down a little dirt track nearer woods there's so much you can find at the minute even just blackberries blackberries is number one at the minute we're in beautiful blackberry season it started really early so we've got some really big fat juicy ones this year you can just pick them give them a little rinse you can put them in a sandwich bag and freeze them and you can have blackberry crumbles for the rest of the year (laughs) they're really good for you as well and it's free (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's all there for you because I think the other thing is it can be quite hard to know where do I go foraging right once you know your spots that's fine but I head out my door do I go to a wood do I go to a field that's the other thing that I think for me i'm like okay i know i want to explore this foraging thing but where where how do i even get started yeah i mean it depends what you normally do if you're already if you already go for walks in the woods and things just start noticing what's there just start noticing the plants and a really good way to start is trees how many trees different trees do we have in the uk and i can name about six i could probably name six trees in the uk and we've got loads 
Um, so that's a good one because that changes all year round as well. So sometimes they don't have the leaves on. It's really hard to tell what they are. That's a good place because certain mushrooms grow on certain trees or it's really help, helpful to know. I think it's just whenever you're outside, just start noticing. Just start noticing plants. I mean, I live in quite a built-up area. I live on an estate. So I can just walk up the road to the garages and there's a bit of a no man's land. There's some garages up there. It's literally full of medicine. There's weeds growing out. Everywhere there's weeds growing. Just start noticing them and taking note of the plants. I don't think there's any weeds that don't have a medicinal property. And I think that's a really beautiful way to have sort of a full circle moment there as we come to the end of this conversation, which what you said then was get outside and just start noticing and I think that that in itself is a practice that anybody can do. And that's something that's so beneficial to us, you know, just getting out in nature and being present with nature and connecting with nature. And like you say, leave your phone at home. Don't be getting behind it or being distracted with a podcast, you know, really go and sit and be with Mother Earth, with Gaia, connect and like you're saying, grounding, getting your feet on the earth. That in itself is free. You know, you don't need to pay anybody to do that. And after a while, it gets really addictive, you know, like just, yeah, just all the different. I mean, I'm always in this state of like panic, almost like seasons run out so quick and I was We've only got like blackberries for so long and then it's on to the next thing. And uh, yeah, it, it is a practice. It is. It does take practice. It does take going when you don't feel like going. You know, it takes getting off your bum and going for a walk. And sometimes that's hard to do, but it's so it's so worth it. Yeah. You teach yourself intuition then you'll start to really connect with yourself. Yeah, that was really interesting when you said that as well about how, you know, you were feeling in your body that I want to eat this. You Like you felt that. And then obviously you verified it. Um, and on another day, we could talk for hours about how we have completely rejected this intuition that is very natural to us. And a lot of what we're talking about today is about that medicine woman, that feminine intuition, that beautiful essence that is in all of us that you know, over the years, strategy and direction and that very masculine energy and it has to make sense. And if it's not logical, then it's not right. Um, you know, that's really been very damaging for us with our connection with the earth and our connection to ourselves. So I think this is all that relearning. And that's the other thing that I find is that once you start on this path, it suddenly it feels like something remembered. It feels like something that wants to be known that wants to be connected with that's already there that's part of you um and I think that that's a really you know that's a really beautiful gift that we can give ourselves simply just by getting outside and sitting with a tree or sitting with a patch of grass it doesn't have to be anything fancy 100% I feel like it's taking your power back because I feel like I, I can nurture myself now I don't and it's like taking back my responsibility for my life my health my wealth I'm responsible for it at the end of the day and you know it it is it is a real taking that power back when you can make your own medicines and you know if you've got a headache and you can take something you've picked from the ground you can just drink some tea or 
make people pain relief or you know it is it's taking your power back like you say it's that very primal female medicine woman it's the witch it's the witch this is what witches were people who could talk with plants and we're scared of witches and we're scared of of female power well that's the witch wound that is in that exists with so many of us isn't it that that witch wound which is unhealed um, and, and that's why it doesn't feel safe. That's why talking about this doesn't feel safe. That's why doing this work doesn't feel safe. And that's something that we're all generationally trying to heal and, and kind of move forward from. Well, well, this has just been fascinating. And I could honestly sit and chat on this for, the, for, for days. And we didn't talk about the beautiful artwork and the human design. So I would love to get together again and have another chat. Um, before I let you go, how can people kind of connect with you, Sam, and find out about these beautiful projects and the different work that you're doing? Where can they get in touch with you or or see the work that you do? Uh, so at the minute, it's just social media, which I'm pretty terrible at. So I just have my Instagram. Uh, it's rainbow.crystal.monkey. And that's kind of got my art and other bits and pieces on there. I'm creating a website basically for everything i'm gonna have it all on a website you'll be able to buy the products and things on there at the moment it's just uh, trying to pull it all together but at the moment it's just my instagram for now until my website's live perfect and i expect people can pester you on there and ask for your advice about qigong and foraging and maybe get a little human design reading as well i think we should get together and have a, a, an episode ex just on human design because that's absolutely fascinating and there's so much that we could talk about on that as well i think that would be really good um but for now i'm going to say thank you so much i'm chomping at the bit now to go out and forage for some nettles as soon as you said gardening gloves i was like now i can do it <laughs> I hadn't thought of putting gardening gloves on. I was like, how am I going to pick metals? Gardening gloves. See, there's always a practical solution. But thank you so, so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for the podcast and what you're doing for the community. It's just really beautiful. And yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Sam. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And I can't wait to catch up with you on the next episode. Who knows what we're going to be talking about then? You never know what's going to come up next. Um, and have a wonderful week. Go get foraging. Go find some nettles. Thanks, Sam. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Our Wild Hearts. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. And don't forget to leave a review and share your thoughts. Your feedback helps us grow and reach more hearts on this wild adventure together. Until next time, keep nurturing your wild heart and embracing the magic within you. From my wild heart to yours, with so much love, this is Lucy. Goodbye!
I don't know if that's because partly because of my history with health. So the reason I got into spirituality in the first place was um, until 2020, I suffered quite badly with physical illness, mental illness and physical. Uh, about 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with quite a rare um, autoimmune disease called Betchett syndrome. Uh, I lost my vision. Um, I couldn't eat. I couldn't swallow. I couldn't walk properly. I used to walk with a walking stick. You get inflammation through your digestive system. So that would involve everywhere from your mouth all the way through. So I'd get ulcers in my mouth, down my throat, um, on my digestive organs and ulcers on my eye. So my that's how I lost my vision. Oh, my goodness. I have it back now. Uh, but I had what I would call an awakening in 2020. Um, it was the 5th of May 2020. I'll never forget it. Um, I spent my whole life being quite mentally ill and physically ill about 10 years ago. And then it was working with plant medicine. So I had this one experience with plant medicine. It was an overnight situation. So I was a vulnerable person. I was getting the text messages from the government to stay in the house every day. I was getting food parcels. I, um, I didn't see anyone for months. Um, no one would come to my house. No one had even, you know, because I was so ill. And that was just that was just my life. That was just how it was. My friend came to visit me because I was so lonely and, and so sad. And he suggested trying this plant medicine instead of taking all these I was on about 15 different drugs from the doctors. So I did. I sat with this medicine and it took one session. Mm. And the next day I healed myself. The morning after, everything was fixed. I have not taken any drugs since. I've not, I have not don't even take paracetamol. And that's why I do what I do now. That's why I work with plant medicines and people because I feel like a victim of the, of the allopathic medical system. So I suffered a lot of trauma as a child, which was quite obvious trauma. I suffered from about 12 years old with quite severe depression. And they put me on antidepressants mm. at that age and suffered for years and years with all these mental health diagnoses and all these things was basically unresolved trauma, which we all have. I say I was made to feel society and the way that everything works. I felt like I was broken. I didn't belong. I couldn't, you know, understand why everyone seemed to be able to function and I couldn't. And I had all this, all these hang-ups. Yeah. Since the 5th of May 2020, that's why I work with plant medicines and try and help people connect to mm. what's around them and what nature provides. You don't see squirrels with depression. You don't see animals with these hang-ups in nature. You don't see... This is a human condition, you know, this 